Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. The power of a refined attitude. In First Samuel chapter 1, First Samuel chapter 1, I want to start reading from verse number 9. The Bible says, So Anna rose. After they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, now Eli the priest was sitting in the seat at the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in bitterness. That means Anna was in bitterness of soul. And she prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord God of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me, and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him, I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. In other words, Anna was making a bargain, making a promise, making a covenant with the Almighty God. In verse number 12, the Bible says, and it, and it happened. And she continued praying before the Lord that Eli was watching her mouth. Now, Anna spoke in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought that she was drunk. It's very interesting when you're drunk, how you can be talking and nothing comes out. And it's even very interesting when you are assuming to be drunk inside the church. It's even more interesting when you are drunk and you are praying. Isn't that wonderful? But anyhow, Eli thought that this woman was drunk. So Eli said to her, how long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Anna answered and said, no, no, my Lord. Now I'm a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but I poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman. For out of the abundance of my complaints and grief, I have spoken until now. Then Eli kind of realized, hey, I think I've just made a mess. So what did Eli say? Verse number 17, the Bible says, Eli answered and said, Go in peace and the God of Israel grant you the petition which you have asked of him. And then verse number 18, he, she said, and she said, Let your maidservant found favor in your sight. So the woman went out her way and ate, and her face was glad and no longer sad. I want you to keep that verse of the scripture, that chapter of the Bible, I want you to keep it in mind. And then we are going to go to the New Testament. Before we before we even do that, I just want to give kind of highlight certain things that you see in that verse of the scripture. The first thing you see in that verse of the scripture is the prayer that comes with a heavy heart. A prayer that comes with a heavy heart. Here was a woman who was grieved in her heart because of the fact that she had no children. And the Bible said that she goes there every year. She will go and she will pray and nothing happened. But this time around, she prayed differently. She poured her heart before the Almighty God. There was a grief in verse number 10. She was in bitterness of soul and she prayed and he wept in anguish. The second thing you see was Eli the high priest misunderstanding what was going on with Anna. And for some reason, Eli thought that this woman was drunk. Bible said that he not only misunderstood Anna, it 
technically was insulting Anna, that you are drunk in the church. You should know you are in the church. You don't come to church drunk. That was what the man who was supposed to be praying for, yeah, for Anna, that was the impression of that man for the woman that was grieving before the Almighty God. So there was a misunderstanding and there was insult that was taking place at the same time. Number three, we saw that Anna's positive response, positive attitude uh, to the assumptions of Eli. In other words, Anna had a positive attitude when she was insulted. Bible said that instead of responding and saying, look at this useless priest. You are supposed to be praying for me and interceding for me. You are the one insulting me. Anna did not say that. Anna said no. And, but Anna answered and said, no, my Lord, I'm a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither one nor intoxicating drink, but I poured up my soul before the Lord. In other words, Anna was now educating Eli, telling Eli, hey, it is not what you're looking at. The fact that my lips are moving and my words are not coming out is not because I'm drunk, but it's because my heart is grieved. For what the condition that I find myself. Even when she was now being derided. When, when she was being misunderstood. When she was being insulted. She still had ability. She still managed to show a positive attitude. And finally we saw that because as a result of her response. Not cursing out Eli. Not telling Eli that he's a useless old man. A priest that cannot intercede for the church. Not saying all that. The Bible now said that Eli now pronounced a blessing upon Hannah. Telling her that... Go in peace. The God of Israel grant you the petition which you ask of him because of the fact that the man was the high priest. He had the authority. He was a representative of God in that temple at that point in time and he had the authority to pronounce blessing. And because of the positive attitude that Anna demonstrated, yes, Anna had prayed. But if Anna had cursed out Eli, Eli could have put a stumbling block on the prayers of, her, of Anna. But Eli gave the word and said, go in peace and the God of Israel will grant you your petition. Now, I want you to keep that particular story of Anna on one side. And then let's flip over to the New Testament. In the book of Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15. We want to start reading from verse number 15. From verse number 21. The Bible says, Then Jesus went out from there, from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of, of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, my daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send this woman away, for she cried after us. Get this, we'll get rid of this Priscilla pest. She's, she's, you know, she's becoming a nuisance unto us. In verse number 24, the Bible says, But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lordship of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me now. Eh? Don't be like this. Help me. But he answered again, and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to little dogs. Help me, I don't say make you insult me. <laughs> I mean, take it easy now. <laughs> but he answered and he said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to little dogs. Now look at that woman in verse number 27. The Bible says, she said, yes, Lord, I agree I'm a little dog. I agree I'm not qualified to eat this bread. But say, yes, Lord, even the little dogs, eat the crumbs would fall from their master's table. I'm not arguing with you. I know I don't qualify for this thing. I know this is not supposed to be for me. But at least a little thing that comes out, I will take it. Then Jesus turned around. The Bible said, Jesus answered and said unto her, Oh, woman, great is your faith. In other words, great is your attitude. Great is your disposition. Great is the way you look at this world. Let it be to you as you desire. And the Bible says her daughter was healed from that very hour. In this verse of scripture, I want you to understand one thing. The first thing you see is that Jesus entered into a new city and he did not even want people to know that he was in town. 
Bible said that he went into the city of Tyre and Sidon. And then a woman showed up. That's the second thing you see. The woman showed up and wanted his help. The woman came and said, no, my daughter is sick. I need the touch of the Almighty God. I need the supernatural visitation of the Almighty God. The third thing you see was that that particular request was ignored. And if she was just ignored, it would have been better. They shoot her away. They send her away. Send her away. And not only that, they denied it. You know, nobody was listening to what she was saying. But the interesting thing was that the woman did not give up. The Bible said that she was persistent because she was unoffended. When they shushed her away, she was not offended. When she was ignored, she was not offended. The Bible says she persisted because she wanted something from the Almighty God. And then not only that, when she persisted, Bible says that the Lord Almighty said that I don't, these things are not supposed to be given to dogs. They are the children's meat. When she was in, she was insulted and then demeaned. You are asking for help and somebody's insulting you. You're asking for help and somebody's treating you less than nothing. And the Bible says that this woman, despite all the, despite all the insults and all the demeaning that was taking place, she allowed all those things to roll away. She accepted it with good attitude, even when she was insulted. And because of that, she received a commendation from the Almighty God. Jesus said, man, this is the kind of person I'm looking for. A person who will not be offended. A person who will not be insulted, who will not feel insulted by the comments that come out from the hands of other people. And because of that, her request, which she was not qualified for, her request, which she was not supposed to have received, was granted unto her because of the way she responded to the thing that was supposed to be insulting and cutting her off. Now, I want you to understand, the first lady that we saw in the book of 1 Samuel, Anna, and this woman in the book of Matthew, these two individuals had some things in common. They knew how to get answers. To the request that they wanted. They knew how to be able to receive. When the door was practically shut over their face. They knew how to get what they wanted. Even when those things were not supposed to be released unto them. The Bible makes us understand that these two individuals. They knew how to get answers to their petition. The question is how did they get this answer to their petition? How did they get it? How did this woman get the answers that they were supposed that they were not supposed to receive how were they able to get the first thing they were able to do was that they were able to stay focused they came to the place of all they come to the altar of prayer they came to the place where they wanted to ask the favor of the almighty god and there was a lot of things going on around them but they remained focused Anna was, was focused on getting in her own child. The woman, the Canaanite woman was seeking the blessing, was seeking the healing for her daughter. Despite all that was going on around them, they refused to be distracted. Number two, they got their answer because they were persistent. The Bible said that Anna was praying and praying persistently. Even when, you know, even when, you know, she has been disappointed every year. The Bible said every year they kept going back to Shiloh and she kept praying the same prayer. Asking for the same thing. This woman asked the Lord. The Lord ignored her, but she kept on asking, Father, help me. They got their answer, number one, because they say focus. Number two, because they were persistent. Number three, because they refused to be offended. There are a lot of people today who lose their blessings because they do not like what the pastor said. They did not like the way they were treated. They did not like the response that they got. They wanted to do something, but they did not get the answer that they wanted. They lose their blessing because they got offended. Bible makes us to understand that Jesus Christ ignored this woman. Not only ignored her, called her a dog. And yet the woman kept on coming. And as a result, the Lord God Almighty said, okay, you are qualified to receive this thing. 
Bible says here was a woman who was banging. Every year she had come to that temple. And I'm sure Eli must have seen her every year coming to the temple looking for a child. The Bible said that that particular year she was weeping and praying. And Eli sat down there and said, look what is wrong with this woman. Why are you talking like this? You shouldn't be drinking at 9 a.m. in the morning. It's too early. Aren't you a drunk, you woman of Belia? I mean, was insulting the woman who was crying that God give me a child. If that happened to you, what will you do? Number one, you are not coming to that church anymore. That's for sure. You are not coming to that church. That's, that's, that's a useless pastor. He's a useless guy. I mean, how can I be praying like this and you are insulting me? But the Bible says that these two women refuse to be offended. And because they refuse to be offended, the promises of God that they were that was being delayed, those things that they were not qualified for, they were able to receive. And then not only that, they were not discouraged. Because there's a tendency that when you are being insulted, there's a tendency that when things are not falling the way you're supposed to go, you'll be discouraged. I mean, if this is the representative of God and is insulting me like this, what is the use of praying? If you are the son of God walking on the face of the earth and you are saying, I am not sent to you, I'm sent to somebody else. Why should I keep following if you have already told me that you are not sent to me? They were not discouraged. That was why they got the result. But most importantly, these women got what they wanted by maintaining a very positive attitude in the face of a hostile and degrading and demeaning behavior. It is one thing for you to be insulted. Can you imagine? Ask me a question. I just walk past. Say, what is wrong with this bobo? I'm talking to you and you're just walking past. And Jesus just kept going. And not only that, you have his disciples saying, please send this woman away. She's becoming annoying. I mean, she's just asking this thing. Pastor, don't want to talk to you. What's your problem? Can't you, can't you get that? And this woman is hearing. And she kept on coming. She kept on coming. At the end of the day, she had a positive attitude. Even when she was referred to as a dog, she had a positive attitude. Even when Anna was called a drunkard, she had a positive attitude. And I submit to you this day, that tells you that your good and positive attitude cannot only, cannot only turn your situation around. It can grant you access to what you are not qualified for. When your attitude is what it's supposed to be, when you have a positive attitude, when you have a good attitude towards life, towards people, you will receive the things that you are not qualified to receive. You will enter the place you are not supposed to enter. You will have access to people that you are not supposed to have access to. Your name will be lifted into places where you are not supposed to go. You will have a voice, a voice will be raised for you where you have no voice. That is a function of positive attitude. Just as Jesus said to that Canaanite woman, the blessings of the kingdom, my brothers and sisters, the blessings of the kingdom, they are reserved for the children of the kingdom. But one thing I want you to understand is this. Uh, outsiders who understand the principles of the kingdom, they get the benefit, while the children of the kingdom may not get it. And that is why there are people who are not born again. They are experiencing miracles. As long as you understand how the principles of the kingdom work, as long as you understand what the, how things are done in the kingdom of the Almighty God, it does not matter. Sometimes you see the blessings of the kingdom go to the people who are outside of the kingdom. It doesn't matter how good looking you are or how much studies that you've had. All you need to do is to follow the principles of sowing and reaping and you will get the harvest. Once you understand the principles of the kingdom, you get the blessings of the kingdom. If you operate the principle of the kingdom, you will, you will get it. And let me tell you, the fastest and the easiest way to change your life is to change the way you see it, is to change your attitude. If you change your attitude towards life, if you change your attitude towards people, if you change your attitude towards money, if you change your attitude towards relationship, whatever area of your life, if you change your attitude, that is the easiest and the fastest way to change the things and the circumstances around you. And the reason is because when all things are equal, 
If we are all educated, if we are all endowed, if we are all positioned, what will separate you and me, what will separate the winner and the loser is their attitude towards life. If you have two people operating the same kind of business, one of them will curse out the customer and the other one will give you exceptional service. People will go there no matter how good your product or your services are. People don't care. Everybody wants to be treated special. So your attitude is what gives you the edge in life. Your attitude is what sets you apart. Your attitude is what makes people recognize you. It's what makes you stand out. In other words, a positive attitude not only turns your situation around, it gives you what other people are denied. That's what it gives you. And if we are going to move forward in the new year, if we are going to get to places we are not supposed to get to, if we are going to move into a new height, as individuals, as a family, and as a church, we need to cultivate a positive attitude. Look at ourselves and say, Lord, what do I need to change about the way I deal with people, about the way I relate with my community, about the way I relate with my finances, with any area of my life, how do I change my attitude? Because when you do, that's when we're able to move forward. The question then is, what is this thing called attitude? But what is this thing called attitude? Your attitude, my brothers and sisters, is your inner disposition. The inner disposition of your heart and of your thoughts. The inward disposition of your heart and thought. Your attitude is that settled way you think. The settled way you feel. The settled way you behave towards something or towards, some, or towards uh, somebody. In other words, if you have a stingy attitude, it is the, it tells you that is the way you feel. That is the way you think concerning a particular thing, especially resources. There are some people who are generous with everything, but when it comes to money, they are not generous. If they put their hands into pocket, you will probably need something to pull it out because the thing will refuse to come out when it comes to the issue of money. That is their attitude towards money. There are some people who never see anything positive in the life of any other person. No matter how good that thing is, you are always looking for one area where they think you are a mistake. If the house is very clean, they are looking around and looking, okay, you didn't clean this spot. Even if the whole house is clean, they are looking for that one spot. That's the way they see life. That's the way they interpret life. Your attitude is the settled way you think or feel about someone or something. Our attitude is that hidden condition of our heart that eventually serves as the basis of your action. It is that hidden condition in your heart this is, is what actually informs, is what informs our action. That's why the Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs chapter 23. In verse number 7, the Bible says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. You see an individual, you don't need to guess how that person is. Just look at the way he behaves, you think that's what is going on in his mind. As he thinks in his heart, so is it. In other words, the Bible is saying, you are your attitude. Because your attitude is a function of your belief system. Okay? What you believe about life, that's the way you are going to behave. What you believe about your brother or your sister, that's how you are going to behave. What you believe about money, that's how you are going to react to money. What you believe about your work, your place of work, your career, whatever it is in life, whatever you believe about that thing is how you are going to behave. Your attitude is a function of your belief. What your belief shapes the way you behave. Therefore, your attitude is a choice. Nobody can make you have a bad attitude. Please understand that. Nobody can make you have a bad attitude. Your attitude is your choice. You can choose to be happy or you can choose to be sad. You can choose to be grumpy. You can choose to be irritable. You can choose to be anything. It's a function of your choice. It's you make up your mind. Nobody can do it for you. And the question is, why are we talking about this this very morning? 
Why are we talking about this issue of attitude? Why is your attitude, my attitude very important? My brothers and sisters, their attitude is important because it determines how you approach life. If you want to approach life in a positive way, something positive must be going on in your head. Because if nothing good is coming out of your head, you cannot, you cannot live above what is the state of your mind. So your attitude is important because it determines your life's approach. How you approach life, how you approach individual, how you approach finances, how you approach everything. Your attitude determines it. Number two, it is important because it determines how you respond to life. Depends how you respond to life. There are people as soon as anything, do, as soon as things don't go the way they want it to go, they go into panic mode. That's the way they respond to life. There are those who look at things and say, well, this is what it is. I mean, we move forward and that's it. They take life in stride and they move on. They believe tomorrow will be better. Your attitude affects the way you respond to life. Your attitude affects your relationships. Nobody wants to hang around angry people. Nobody wants to hang around negative people. Nobody wants to hang around somebody who always putting them down. Somebody who never at any point in time see anything good in their life. Nobody wants to hang around those kind of people. So your attitude determines your relationship. Not only that, it determines the reward that you get out of life. Many of us when we woke up this morning and we finished dressing up for church, we stood in front of a mirror and we saw how good I look. Now if you stand in front of the mirror and you frown to the mirror, what happens to you? You will get a frown back. You cannot frown to the mirror and the mirror will smile back at you. It doesn't work like that. In case you don't know, that is the way it is. But if you smile at the mirror, the mirror smiles back at you. If you frown, it frowns back at you. The reward you get in life is a function of the attitude that you show in life. If you approach life with fear, life will throw back to you fear. If you approach life with optimism, you will find that optimism begins to reflect in everything you do. If you approach life with possibility, you will see doors of opportunity will begin to open unto you. It's as simple as that. It determines the reward that you get. The attitude will determine your level of success or your level of failure. Why is it that in some places you see people want to be around an individual and in that same environment, they don't want to talk to another person. Why? Is it because this person has a body odor, that's why they don't want to go there? No. In most cases, it's your attitude, it's your behavior, it's the way you come across. When people see you as an approachable person, they want to come at you. That's the way life works. If it opens up to you, you open up to them. If you open up to them, they open up to you. If you don't open up, they close up. The same thing is the way it works. Your attitude is important because it determines your life's success and failure. Now, if your attitude has that much power to determine the direction of your life, the question is, why is that attitude so powerful? Why is your attitude so powerful? Let me suggest to you that your attitude is powerful because it originates from the inside. It comes from within. It is not something that is on the outside. The Bible says a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. He said because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of what is inside of your spirit, that is what you are able to give out. If there is nothing in there good, you will have nothing good to give. And that is why your attitude is very powerful because it's something that is from your very being. It's from within. Number two, it is formed by your belief system. How you see the world. If this glasses is dirty, I will have a very difficult time reading whatever is in front of me. I have difficulty seeing it. And if I want to see clearly, all I have to do is to clean it. But if I continue to use it, my life, my vision will be blurred. The same thing. If you have a wrong belief system, your attitude and your outlook in life will be messed up. And many people are messed up. 
And that is why people have problem believing in God. That's why people have problem serving in the church. That's why people have problems in their relationship. Because their attitude of what is, which is from within them has been formed by their belief system. How they see people, how they see a man or see a woman, how they see money or how they see their work. It has been informed by their belief system. And not only that, the, the dangerous thing about attitude is that your attitude don't stop when you get to a certain age. No. Your attitude is continuously growing. You are continuously forming that attitude. You are continuously changing the attitude and you are continuously reinforcing your bad behavior. So if as a little boy you know how to gossip, you will continue to gossip even until you are 90. It doesn't change. You just keep reinforcing it. And that's why you see a kid. By the time they are younger and they are very generous people, by the time they grow to be old, the generosity continues with them. Your attitude grows continually. And the danger of that is that it is strengthened through repetition. So when you are doing something bad, every time you get stronger in it. The same thing when you are doing something good, you get stronger in that particular thing. And because it is strengthened by by repetition, it becomes very difficult to dislodge. If it's a bad one. Very difficult. Because if you are used to backbiting, even when there's nothing to backbite, you will still backbite. Even when you are in the church, you will change the backbiting into prayer requests. So let us pray for my brother, sister, and so. That is a systematic way of how church people backbite. That's how they gossip. You see, we need to pray for our brother. Things are not, you know, you know the, the Lord must help him. He just wants to tell you what's going on in the life of that person. All he has to do is just say, I want to gossip. But he has to put it in a nice biblical way. So he said, let us pray for my brother. When you have that kind of habit, it will continue to reinforce itself. And it is very difficult to develop. That is very difficult to dislodge. And that is why habit, that's why attitudes are very, very powerful. But the more our attitude grows on the same foundation, the more solid it becomes and therefore difficult to change. So like bad habit, a bad attitude is a difficult thing to change. Difficult things to change. And once your attitude is formed, it shapes the way you see the world, it shapes the way you react to the world, it shapes the way you do everything. It becomes your worldview. And that's why some people have what is called a negative worldview. No matter how good, if the silly open to their money is falling down, they will still complain. It hit me in the head. <laughs> they will complain about They will find something to complain about. No matter how good it is, they will find something to complain about. Because that's the way, that's the way they have been set up. And when you have that kind of an individual with you, do you want to work with that person? You only deal with that person if you have to. Under normal condition, you avoid that person. When they come in here, you go this other way because you don't want to be loaded with the crap that they are that they are spewing out of their mouth. And that's why the Bible tells us, Proverbs chapter 4, reading from verse number 23, the Bible says that keep thy heart with all diligence. Keep it with all diligence. Make sure you check what is going on inside. Make sure you purify what is going on inside. Make sure you understand what you are putting inside. Don't feed your mind with all sorts of garbage. The Bible says keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it comes the issues of life. Out of it comes your future. Out of it comes your relationship. Out of it comes your finances, your success, your effectiveness. Everything about your life comes from within. You know what the Bible is saying? Be careful how you think. Be careful how you feel. Be careful what you feed your mind. Be careful about everything you see about life. Because the way you think, the way you feel, the way you see life eventually shapes your life. It shapes your life. 
And that is why you will notice that a very, very effective and successful people, they pay very, very close attention, not only to their own attitude, but to the attitude of the people around them. <laughs> you have heard me say it several times. I'm very careful who I surround myself with. Because one thing I can tell you is that how far you travel in life is a function of the people that you are traveling with. If you are traveling with people who are very strong and very, then you will go very fast. So that's why the people who are effective, the people who are successful, they make sure that they pay attention not only to their own attitude, but to the people around them. And they, 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 that's why effective and successful people make sure that they develop this, a particular kind of attitude, not only in their life, but in the lives of the people around them. They make sure that the people who are around them have what is called a positive attitude. Because if they have a negative attitude, no matter how fast you try to move, they will be pulling you down. They'll be pulling you down. If you wake up in the morning, you have to, you have to kind of, uh, kind of uh, beef up the people, kind of uh, jeer them up, ginger them up, kind of browse them up and say, hey, 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 before they do anything, you have to, it is too much work. It's too much work. So the people who are successful, people who are effective, they make sure that in their own life, they have a positive attitude and the people around them also have a positive attitude because if you can't, if you don't have that positive attitude, you will be limited in how far you go. Not only that, the people who are effective and successful make sure that they're in their own life, they have what is called a teachable spirit and the people who work with them also must be teachable spirit, must have a teachable attitude. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.